Gentlemen of the Underground Experience, how you doing? This is your host, Captain and DJ, Uncle Earl, on the radio. Ooh, I got some hotness in the studio today. We're excited. I'm excited. I'm, I guess he is too. But um, it's a gentleman by the name of Mr. C.J. Emmons, and um, I was fortunate enough to meet him a couple years back. Uh, we both worked on The Singing Bee on NBC, host, host, <laughs> host Joy Fatone, and he was one of the amazing singers. I was a music librarian, and um, this guy weekly wowed us and the world millions of people around the world oh yeah so um i'm just going to give you a little hint of what he's about and then i'm gonna let him tell you the rest because he can do it better than i can but he was born and raised in houston texas and uh h-town cj's talent is true to the texas statement that everything is bigger and better in texas including his six octave vocal range where you get all that from? You know, I don't know. My mom couldn't sing and my dad couldn't sing. So It's in know, the cooking, ain't it? It's it, it gotta be. It's gotta be. It's ancestral. <laughs> it's, it's ancestral. ancestral. It, it came, God said, you know what? I'm gonna give your son a voice. And <laughs> help you deal with it. I know that's right. I know that's right. And um so you moved to LA though yep. in the summer of two thousand three to follow your dream. Follow my dream. And um what dream was that? What, Lord, what was that dream? <laughs> <laughs> Barely can't afford to pay your rent. Uh-oh. Is that the, is that the dream that LA has when you first come here? I well, tell know, you, we all got the scrubbing. You know, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Now, you know, I've always had and um, 
an internal compass mm-hmm. and my internal compass said go west and mm-hmm. it said go out to LA I was always fascinated as a kid um, with Hollywood the whole scene the music everything mm-hmm. Tinseltown all that and um, I used to come out here every summer so oh, I yeah. knew that I would eventually move here oh, so you had scoped it out yeah, oh, oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> and the funny story is um, my grandmother my, excuse me my mother went to visit my grandmother in uh, Mississippi mm-hmm. and my cousin was graduating uh, high school and I told my mom that I was going to catch a flight to L.A. But what my mom didn't know is that I packed up my whole room. Ooh, and just a suitcase. Put it in the car. Yeah, packed up my whole room. <laughs> <laughs> when you put it like that, when you think about it, yeah, you know, I took, I packed up the major posters, everything, books, all that stuff. Wow. Packed it up and put it in my car. And um, I left. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know that I was actually driving until I was about five hours away <laughs> in Phoenix. And my aunt <laughs> called her and said, yeah, Chris will be here real soon, real soon. And She's she like, says, what? what you mean he's going to be there soon? She says, yeah, his flight doesn't leave. She says, no, he drove. So I got a call. My mama called me. And, and she actually gave me her blessing. When I finally made it to L.A., she nice. said, I know you're going to be famous. I know you're gonna, your dreams are going to fulfill. And I'm proud of you. She says, and you're a man now. So mm-hmm. go ahead and do what you you know, do. What you do. Mm-hmm. I love you. And I was crying and bawling because that oh. was like my rites of passage with my mom. So, yeah, because you yeah. started singing at a young age. Oh, yeah. I was three. Yeah, and yeah. they supported you. Yeah, I see. They they were giving you stuff like Leontine Price, yeah. listen to Aretha Franklin, yeah. and Whitney Houston, yes. all the divas. Yeah, and because of the voice that I had, um, there were just no male figures that sound like I did. So mm-hmm. my mom was like, "Okay, well, I don't know what to do with this. So let me just give you what I know." <laughs> right. So yeah. Right. Yeah. She threw she threw in one guy. Who's that guy? Pavarotti. 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 That's yes. where the the opera stuff comes yes. from. If anybody, y'all come see my shows and y'all see me do some. Doing all that, so you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I stand accused. <laughs> now let me let me ask you this. Um, let's go back yeah. to little CJ. Okay. Now you had this gift, but you you really didn't know what to do with it. I mean, no one knew what to really do with it. So right. how did you hone it and focus it in? I mean, what what were the steps that you took? My mom um, allowed me really to be as creative as I wanted to be. She never. And I used to sing all the time and get on cousins, aunts, uncles, everybody nerds. But my mom, it never bothered her. She she would tell me sometimes that she would play stuff for me and different things. And she would let me go. And she recently told me she would be in the next room listening to me try to hit the notes over and over and over again and perfect it. And she said sometimes that when I would hit the note and then she would say, oh, he got it. She, she, she would walk away. Um, so it was pretty much um, just listening to different artists. Uh, one artist in particular, Rochelle Farrell. Um which I, I, I thank my mom for giving me that gift. Um, I, I was so in tune with that woman's voice that I used to be able to hear the clicks as she climbed an octave because I was just oh, really, really, yeah, I, I mean, that's where a lot of my training come from. I had no formal training. So um, basically you're anointed. Yeah, thank you. Well, you know. Hey, you know. <laughs> Call it what it, it is. It's like you either have it or you don't. Call it what it is, you know. Um, <laughs> But it's funny, I don't hear what other people hear in my voice because I'm always trying to make it better. Mm-hmm. So um, I had this one lady told me, which kind of calmed me down and it actually humbled me. She told me, she said, um, even in your worst days, you sound great. Mm-hmm. So I'd say, well, okay, well, let me stop <laughs> tripping on myself. Right, right. But yeah, I, I um, as a kid, you know, um, I was in the choir, of course, at church. Mm-hmm. Um, that did a lot of training there. Um, and yeah, the, the, the honing just came in from my own, um, my own I guess, um, 
wanting to be the perfectionist. Mm-hmm. So I would just literally get in my room. I, I remember tying a microphone to my ceiling fan oh, oh. and um, <laughs> playing getting, on my karaoke machine. Oh yeah, get, yeah, singing you up know? to heaven. <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's how I I, I perfected it. So I um, and I don't think it's perfected yet. Mm-hmm. I think it's at a good place. I think it's um. It's 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 causing you know me to get booked for things and you know it is making me money and I am living off of it now. Yes. My talent has made room for me. Well, I love hearing so, you say that because you know some people think they just get it and they've got it all, but we're so, all works in progress. Oh, all we're I'm, until I'm, the day you leave, I leave this place. Out of this world, yeah. It's it's yeah. every day. It's not every day. It's something that I have to um, keep working at. I mean, you know, it's like your body. You work mm-hmm. it out. You you know. So every single day, I'm working on my voice. Mm-hmm. Every muscle. Day. Yeah, just like you. Let it go or atrophy. There you go. And there you cobwebs. Go. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, well, we just braised the surface with, with CJ right yeah. now. But ladies and gentlemen, i got to take a little break. You going to hang in there with me for a minute? I sure am. Okay, we'll be back with more from Mr. CJ Emmons here on the Underground Experience right after this break. Captain and DJ, we are back with CJ Emmons. Yes, sir. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah, feeling good. It's a beautiful day in LA, isn't it? Oh, it's, I'm like you know, I walked outside and I said, "Wow." <laughs> I welcome it because yes. it's been a little bit frigid. Yes, yeah. But you know, we yeah. must feel that in order to feel the difference. I think we you know, can. It was you always feel the love tonight. <laughs> Hooray! Uh-huh. <laughs> so now I want to talk about this, 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 this. Uh, how do you call it? This expedition. Yeah. To Los Angeles. Okay. Tell me a little bit about the trip. Um, I had a lot of time with God. I really, okay. really did. I had a lot of time with God. Um, the whole trip uh, coming here, I remember at some times, because uh, I drove literally um, 24, 5 hours straight. Wow. Um, I slept maybe two hours each, mm-hmm. you know, a little stop. And um, I remember... One time, it was just me on the road, and the moon looked... I had never seen the moon look that big. Mm. And then to see it shine over the plateaus and Mm. in the desert, and then when the sun came up um, when I was in New Mexico, and seeing how purple the sky gets. Mm -hmm. And it was just really um, a time for me to um, talk to God and know that in myself and in my spirit, this was the right thing for me to do. Mm -hmm. Because he just was showing me his beauty, like what he created. So Mm -hmm. I, I just... I was really... Excited it's about a whole new outlook and it, it did. how we fit into this. Yes, it did. And yeah. I felt very small, though. I mm. felt very, very small because when you're looking at these plateaus and mountains that have been there for thousands and thousands of years, mm-hmm. you know, think about all the people that have seen these same, you know, things yeah. and how their lives have been affected, not just by, you know, um, uh, people, but by just elements and how things just work together. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, that whole drive was just like a really spiritual journey for me. And when I got to LA, um, I felt home. Mm. I felt like 
It's time. Let's go. Let's do it. So you did it alone. The drive alone. I did the drive alone. Straight through. Straight through. Straight through. Two times I was scared when I stopped in New Mexico at a truck stop, and I couldn't even sleep because I was like, you know, I was a zombie. I was driving so long because I drove 15 hours straight by myself. And then I stopped, and then I remember sleeping two hours and then half sleeping and then driving the four hours to Phoenix. And I slept about two hours again, and then I just said, okay, I can't sleep. So I just, you know, took five, six hours to go. Yeah, excited and scared at the same time. I wouldn't try to nobody knock on the door and just give me everything out, you know, so... But yeah, it it um I remember coming down and and it was also educational mm-hmm. because it was a lot of things that I didn't know about um driving into LA and the border patrol and all oh, that yeah. stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, wow, I didn't know all this was going on and I was 20 at the time. So, it, you know, it 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 was it was something. It was something. And I remember singing the whole time and and, mm. and just uh really being in a meditative state. Yeah. So up. so you get you arrived. Yeah. What is the first thing you did? First thing I did was went to my aunt's house, um, which is my grandmother's sister, and we went out to eat. Oh, okay. And <laughs> came came back home to my aunt's house and slept for about 12 hours straight. I know yeah, right. slept for about 12 hours straight. And then the very next day, I was on my grind. I went to um, all the casting call mm-hmm, lists, like the mm-hmm. LA casting and all that stuff. Um, uh, went and had a good friend of mine that I knew coming here over the summer shoot mm-hmm. me some headshots mm-hmm. and I started I was like the very next oh, day I was not wasting any time I hear you and um, within three weeks of me being in LA I secured like a regular you know nine to five mm-hmm. you know stacks flowing mm-hmm. and then uh, four months of me getting to LA I met um, this Emmy award winning producer Michael Jockway Jr. Who produced, um, you know, different various shows. He wrote for Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also producing the unsung shows now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so um, I met him uh, through my cousin who was on probation. I love you, Chris, <laughs> but you was on probation. His name is Chris, too. His mom named me. So, okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, he, uh, he was going to court, mm-hmm. and the judge gave him a ticket to go see this play that Mike was producing. And so Mike, uh, I went to the play. We got there late, and the play was over. So mm-hmm. Mike said, well, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a singer. He says, well, I'm going to audition you. He says, um, I'm doing a show three weeks from now, but I'm going to audition you. I said, wow. okay. Three weeks, he called me. Wow. And uh, it was with Denise Williams and Tatiana Ali, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. called uh, If You Don't Believe. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the background singers in that show, and I also had a little small part. But, I mean, just the friendships that I made from that show, mm-hmm. like that literally because I asked God to put me in a circle of people that are like-minded and I have those friends to this day like we are like the closest of close yeah divine intervention that's what it was and my job that I had would let me leave and go to rehearsal then come back and finish the job go figure yeah I mean and you know (laughs) shout out to GRM Record Company thank you so much appreciate it but um yeah I mean it it, God literally ordained everything it was like just falling into place well you took those steps you took that time with him on that journey so he was carrying you you know Faith without works is dead. Walk by faith and not by sight. Faith. That totally was my trip. Mm-hmm. That was totally my trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. Wow. So you work with these people. And how was it after that? I mean, did, did you go through a period where it was a little rough? Oh, yes. I mean, was, was, it, oh, was it all good? Rough. No, it wasn't all good. <laughs> you know, um, I, when I got here, luckily I didn't fall into any traps. I didn't fall into any because I knew, I literally said, God protect me. And mm-hmm. I know I had my mom and grandmother praying because some stuff that I knew just did not come my way. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, yeah, I had, you know, financial struggles. I mean, shoot, it, it was, um, I remember when I first got my own place, I was like, what am I doing? I had no furniture. I had no nothing. I literally had a place. 
another concept. And, 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 <laughs> and I think I had some pillows from an old couch. Okay. I remember having that. I had some pillows from an old couch and then a blanket that was like kind of torn up. And I remember each paycheck that I got, you know, I you put added, something to it. I added on, added, added on, added piece. on. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I had so many auditions closing my face. I mm. had, um, you sing too hard, you sing too loud, you sing too soft, you don't sing hard enough. Why do you sound like a girl? Why do you mm. sing like this? I had so many of that. I had women at auditions saying, I don't want to be in audition with him because he's, he, if he can sing better than me or as high as me, I don't want to be in audition with him. Wow. Um, I've had, you know, uh, auditions. Are you black? Are you Creole? Mm. Are you, are you Latin? Are you what, you know? So I've had. Mm-hmm. All that kind, I had all that kind of stuff And then I had yeah. um, people Celebrity entertainers that I met Because every time I would walk to people They would say you, Why you don't have a record deal yet? Why? It's like what? It ain't like I ain't trying <laughs> You got one? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you want so Jimmy one? <laughs> I had celebrities in my face Telling me I'm going to do this for you I'm going to do this for you None of it ever came to fruition And you know I, it, it, it was rough It really played on me emotionally mm. It really played on me emotionally But one thing that I can say That really stood true Is that I, I stay true to who I am Yes And um, I didn't let every situation bad that happened to me changed my focus mm-hmm. so i mean yeah the la la thing is it's it's it's, it's you got to be equipped for it yes. you got to be equipped and, gotta I, be. And, and i heard that old saying like if you stay here six past six months uh-huh. you can make it yes i did so yeah. there you go yeah. okay and then i'm gonna fast forward go fast ahead, forward because i want to get to this so now let me tell you the singing bee <laughs> <laughs> when that came up it was a mad house. It was. It was like it a was. cattle call of the century. It was. I mean, everybody's mama and daughter and cousin and dog <sighs> came to that audition, yeah. including me. Yes, ma'am. I I didn't know what I could do, but I just knew I needed a job, and there yeah. was a whole lot of people out there. But I remember one thing. Okay, I have to give props to Janelle and uh-huh. Ray Chu, uh-huh. first of all, because I, had, I was introduced to him through someone in New York. Okay. I can't remember who it was. Allison Williams. Okay. And I came in there, and they said, well, we've already cast our guys. You know, if you can sing better than them, wow. <laughs> you can get the job. You had the wow. job already. I didn't That's even, how you I didn't you even know you auditioned for the singing. But I, didn't, I, didn't I auditioned that. for it. But, you know, I was like, hey, wow. I came in there. I was like, guys, I don't care. I'll work behind the desk, under the desk, over the desk, <laughs> through the desk, whatever. If you got a job, I will got, do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, I'm like, some people come there too proud. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. you have to lay it all down oh, the yeah. line and say, hey, humble yourself and yeah. say, do with me, Lord, right. as you will. That's right. Yeah. You know, but it was it was wonderful because you know they were like, okay, well, you know, we've got our singers, yeah. but you know, we'll find something for you. Yeah. They, they made a job for me, but then I got to meet you and Carmen and Michelle and Wes and all yeah. these great talented people. I was like in awe. Yeah. And Ray and the band yeah. and I mean it was just such a cavalcade and then the stars that came through. Yeah. I mean, how it did that feel of, to you? It was one of I, I cannot lie. It was one of the best experience that, experiences that I had in L.A. Um, I was nervous, and, you know, there were times when we didn't even know we could have a job. But uh, <laughs> in that show, you know. But I'm going to tell you something. To be cast not only on just any network but NBC after watching the Cosby show on NBC and all these other great shows on NBC and then having one of my cousins, Christy Ferris, who was on Scrubs on okay. NBC, to be at home on that network was totally surreal for me. Mm-hmm. Weekly. And, weekly. And then to be cast <laughs> as the only black guy on the show tripped me out. But what I, what I did find out was they thought I was Latin. 
They thought I was Puerto oh, really? Rican because you know they had they had demographics yes. to fill. Yes. So when I found out, I said, "Well, I ain't trippy. Cool." But <laughs> you know, they always wanted my hair braided on the show. Mm-hmm. They never let me wear my hair out, folks. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it was cool. But getting your hair braided for every ever episode, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it was a little rough. But um. It was a cool experience. I've met people that I would have. You, I mean, you look at us. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't seen you in a minute, right. and we stayed in contact with each yes. other. You know, I, I've met the most incredible people um, that have just added to my life. That have added either just a personality, added some, some, you know, some nice words, mm-hmm. or just added um, just a ear if they needed mm-hmm. me. To, you know, if I needed to vent on something. So I've great. But that's it was what good it's all about. I mean, because yeah. you know, sometimes people just come in. And they're all about them. Yeah. And they just come in. They do. They, they yeah. go home. You don't know. Who oh, they we had. Are. Oh, we had some of those people Ooh, now. Yeah. Now, now we I had. Remember. I ain't gonna call your name, but you know who you are. When you were sitting next to me in the dressing room. <laughs> You had to have a couple of words with each other. You know who I'm talking. <laughs> Smile when you hear this, because you should know who I'm talking about. You should know. But oh, oh yeah, Grand Divas. Yeah, in. and I'm and I'm gonna yeah. tell you, it was it was really it was enlightening in many ways because it was a new job for me. I had never been a musical librarian, but I've been around music, so learning that job was yeah. difficult and keeping up with you guys. But there were some people who were very not nice. Well, let me tell to you, me. listen to something. You they guys, treated me like dirt. Um, <laughs> Unk up in here, let me tell y'all something. Unk up in here. He he was so proficient. Not only was he um, the librarian, he literally worked for us too as, yeah. as the performers because we had our own, you know, PA people and everything. But if they were not available, mm-hmm. he would literally say, what do you need? I'll get it for you. I mean, you yeah. know, you did extra jobs too. I mean, and but I that's, that's that. how I grew up. I appreciate that because I didn't know what your specific job was. I knew I, now I know that you were a librarian, mm-hmm. but I knew that you were just doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I and I felt kind of bad at times to ask you, but you're like, no, CJ, seriously, I'll get it for you, whatever mm-hmm. you need. I was and there I'm for the cause. That was the kind of loyalty that he gave us, and I appreciate that. Um, I don't want to tell you your face. And you were one that. of the yeah. you were one of the most wonderful people Thank to me, you. and Thank that's you. why I kept in touch with you. Hey, you know, because my folks from the South, so. You know, yeah. South Carolina. Yeah. So you know, so but but all in all, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah. And you know, you have you have to have the wide array yeah. of personalities and yeah. people to make the whole wheel work. Yeah. And you know yeah. what? So. I didn't look at that show as that I've arrived. Mm-hmm. I look at that show as a stepping stone because mm-hmm. I've made, met and I've been able to literally uh, uh, quit my nine to five job from 2007 mm-hmm. on up until now. So I use that job that that show to say. What else can I get to, and who else can I get involved with? Mm-hmm. And you know, and I think that's what you know because when you prepare for shows like that, and when you think of uh, Hollywood, ain't nothing forever. That's true. So you gotta, you know, we 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 had a great, you know, uh, two seasons, and mm-hmm. we were the top show for the first season with thirteen point something million viewers. Yeah. But I mean, you know, look how quick it was gone. Mm-hmm. So, but the friendships like with Ray Chu mm-hmm. and you know uh, Janelle yes. and, and Tony Scruggs. And, yes. I mean, Tanya. I'll have those, Tanya. I'll, I'll have, <laughs> Tanya and I have the same birthday. Matter of fact. Uh huh. I mean, I would have those. She and friends. Russell are married now. Yeah, they're married. Right now. Yeah, 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 they're married. Congrats, y'all. Yay. <laughs> and um, no, Tanya, I'm sorry. Tanya's birthday is on the 9th. Her mother and I have the same birthday, July 8th. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I have those friends, you know, for the rest of my life. Rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Whew. Well, we need to take a break. I need to. I need a glass of water or something because, you know, I'm getting the <laughs> vapors right now. But we'll be right back with more from Mr. C.J. Emmons, the soul man, in go. just a minute. Right. Hey. <laughs> What's cracking, ladies and gentlemen? This is C.J. Emmons in the studio with Uncle Earl on the Underground Experience. So we're sitting here jamming and, and, and talking and reminiscing about old times. And I'm telling you, I am 
more than happy to be back in the studio with you. I'm Aww. telling you, I'm so happy to be back with you. Flattery will get you everywhere. Ah! <laughs> so they tell me. So, so they, they say. So they say. So let's let's get down to the nitty gritty. Yes, sir. Okay, you've been performing around town, yes. doing all this. You were recently at Harvell's, uh-huh. and you knocked that out the box. Yes, I did. You know, yes, and you had this CD. I do. It's called Whatever Happened to Christopher Germain. Hmm, whatever happened. Whatever happened. <laughs> hmm, I wonder. And I took that title from the movie, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Hmm. Uh, now, it, it, it's, I stated it that way because back in um, 2004 or 5, um, I almost had a record deal with uh, Virgin Records. And so really? we were in talks of everything. And, and then Virgin merged Capital, and then Jermaine Dupree left, and all the money left, and there you go. Mm-hmm. So um, right. my little contract went right on out the door. Oh. <laughs> but before that, uh, I had other record offers when I was a kid, because um, I grew up, of course, in Houston with Beyonce and all mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I said whatever happened to Christopher Jermaine, because I pretty much killed him, mm. flat out. Done. Christopher, gone. Mm-hmm. Because it was, Christopher was the one, you know, and, and I'm totally not with that whole um, alter ego type thing. Right. But. Uh, sometimes you must reinvent. Sometimes you, you must reinvent. That is, that is so you great know. because what they wanted from Christopher was the R&B type, um, uh, uh, neo soul type thing. Mm-hmm. And box. yeah, I can sing box. that box. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I can sing that. But I grew up, you know, listening to all these greats and my favorite genre is like rock. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I had the type of voice and I had the type of attitude. And I'm like, why would you want to put me in that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will, I will say this to all the singers out there who, who, who is listening. Um, there is a certain, and, and, and I, I'm going to be very honest, there is a certain level of conformity that I could have taken. Mm-hmm. Because business-wise, I wasn't thinking that way. I was really thinking emotional-wise mm-hmm. about, and I was young too, and I really didn't have anybody to guide me. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking like, um, you know, I feel like I should do this kind of thing and do this kind of thing and forgot about the business side of it saying you can eventually do that. But right now we want to get you your foot in the door. Right. Um, But being that level minded and, and, and being the way that I was and still is. Some people don't have to conform. Right. There are some people that don't. Some people do it by default. Some people do it by default because they're tired and they're exactly. exactly. they, They just want to get it on. And I said, even though at that time, yes, I was acting in feelings and ego, mm-hmm. but I'm glad it did not happen then. Because everything that I've learned behind the scenes and everything that I've learned um, from watching others and being around great celebrities. I mean, I've been around um, Earth, Wind and & Fire and mm-hmm. chilled out with Verdine White and, mm-hmm. you know, told, he, telling me the ropes of the, you know, the business. Mm-hmm. And been around Denise Williams, been around um, Mr. Clarence McDonald and been around with Grammy Award winner. Um, Reggie Dozier, you know, mm-hmm. his brother is Lamont Dozier, you know, yeah. been around that family. I sang at the the Barry Gordy um, event that he does at the um, Beverly Hills Hotel every year, yeah. um, the HAL Awards. Yes. Um, I sang there last year. Brandy, everybody was there, gave me standing ovation. Nice. Um, nice. So I've literally had schooling. Mm-hmm. Um, Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Okay. You Everywhere. Can, you can find me on <laughs> www.cjemmons, that's E-M-M-O-N-S dot com. Again, cjemmons.com. You can hit me up on Facebook. That's c.j.emmons at facebook.com. And also on Twitter at cj underscore emmons at uh, twitter.com. And I'm also on Reverb Nation um, and everything. And I face have a um, uh, YouTube uh, page, which is under cjemmons. So but this is what I'll tell you to do. It's the easiest way to get me. Go to cjemmons.com. 
And you got your whole you list right there. And there also the EPK is there too. All right. So, yeah. Well, I thank you for taking this time with me. And, you know, we, I could talk to you all day. Uh, forever, but I've we had got so to, much fun. We got to do some more things. I'm coming back. Oh, yes, you yeah. will. And, I'm, you know, I'm going to follow you. I've been following you for the last year yes, and a sir, half, two years. Yeah. So it's on. And yeah. I thank you. Bless no you. And onward up with soldiers. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this has been an intimate spotlight moment with Mr. C.J. Emmons. Yes, it There'll is. There'll be much, much more. Jams and talk. Come on back. Love you. Uncle Earl and the cash exchange as he has gracefully placed on me. I love it. It's so fierce and fabulous. Cha ching. Cha ching. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. Good, good, good. Wow, well, um, th- I'm excited about this. This is going to be great. And I'm excited about this time that we're in right now. This time is very special, especially for women. Yes. This month of May. Mothers, grandmothers, aunts, sisters, daughters. Yes. Um, you were telling me that, well, Mother's Day just recently passed. Yes. And um, I had um, Miss Wendy Silvers in, who's with the Million Mamas March. Right. Incredible family she has. I mean, they're so strong. They're they're with Agape with Michael Brickwith. Oh, I I love. And our connection was, I I do Course in Miracles with Marianne Williamson and sometime Agape and Course in Miracles. You do that? Yes, I do. I've been doing it for over 20 years. Why every day am I learning something? <laughs> because, you know, out here in L.A., everybody talks about what they do. I just do. It's about action for me. I don't talk but about But I never what I knew do. that. How come you never invited me? Because right. I don't impose my life on anyone. I'm on my path. And if our paths cross, you know, we yeah. do our thing. We have our spiritual connection. Yeah, we you do. Know, and I we don't, do. I don't. But that's fabulous. Do the soapbox thing, you know. <laughs> okay. But, hey, let's go. Monday's coming. I love So <laughs> how was Monday. she? Marianne? Yes. I love Marianne. Yeah. I mean, she's wonderful. I mean, and it's, not, you know, it, it may not be for everyone. And every lecture is different. And for me, every lecture is not for me. Right. It may be one word I get or one phrase or one paragraph or one mention that someone in the audience talks about. It's so an it's, it's, a, it's an exchange. It's a communal spiritual movement right. that's what i like about it because all faiths right. together as one why do we have walls right you know so this is like what i'm doing here on the underground it's like no walls tear down the barriers burn the box right let's right. just have at let's it. let's just do it have at it let's do it darn it dang it <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned to me about um the the movement in dc for cancer yes there's a breast cancer awareness uh-huh it passed already yes but um <clears throat> Excuse me. It was very dear to me. I wish I could have been there, but mm. my mother is a survivor. Mm. My grandmother is a survivor. Breast cancer. Yes. And um, women's health is 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 a very top, very big topic that's dear to me because mm-hmm. as mothers, as women, naturally we mm-hmm. are the caregivers, yes. and we're so busy taking care of everyone else that we forget about ourselves and our own health and our own spirituality Mm -hmm. and our own Mm -hmm. mental sanity. And then you're not taking care of in return. Exactly. Just like the earth. Exactly. 
Exactly. And so um, I anything that comes up regarding women and women's mm-hmm. health, I'm I'm on top of it mm-hmm. because I think we forget about ourselves mm-hmm. I, as sisters, as mothers, even as aunts. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have their mothers or their grandmothers, so they have right. aunts. But as caregivers, we just we naturally just take in everybody mm-hmm. and we take care of everybody else. And yeah. like I said, forget about ourselves. Mm-hmm. So um, and then when a uh, world uh, AIDS Day was going on. I have some family members who are some who are still living today. Mm-hmm. Women mm-hmm. Um, who are still living with AIDS, and I think that's a very important subject to uh, educate the the youth about mm-hmm. and our family members because it's still a big cliche that people can't live with right. HIV and right. AIDS, and, and people and are still afraid of afraid people with it. Of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's still a huge. Yeah. Uh, you know this stigma stigma mm-hmm. about it and it, they're walking up and down the street you mm-hmm. never know mm-hmm. and so the women in my family i have two in particular mm-hmm. and i support them right and on those days i wear red and mm-hmm. my kids wear red and mm-hmm. my kids know what what it's about and why they're yes. wearing red and you know we fight till we drop okay yeah right <laughs> so i'm excited about women's mom yeah it's it's a great thing and you know and I'm sure you have a great mom. I have such a wonderful mother. I have to mention, I mean, Sandra Reese Phillips. If it wasn't for her, if it wasn't for her. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I can say. Yeah. I mean, even now. Yeah. Ever so present, prominent, supportive in the midnight hour. Yeah. Anytime. If I don't call. Uncle Earl don't have. I need y'all to understand. He doesn't have a problem calling his mother. I don't. We'll be in the middle of a gig. He'll be like, "Hold on one second. I'll never forget. You called her during Bowers Museum. Something happened. I don't know what happened, but you called her, and I was like, "Is she was walking in the advice? room right now? Yes. Oh. And you were like, "I'm sorry. I got to take a five. And that five was like a ten. And she wrapped you all up, and you came, came back, back in that room, and you were like, "Okay, let's go." <laughs> yeah, just keep it real. Yes, I'm a mama's boy. Yeah, but she way. has been. I mean, I've never met her, but she's such an integral part of your yeah. life. I feel like she's with you everywhere you go. Yeah, she is. Yeah, mm-hmm, more than you know. Yeah, and um, my sister as well, Mariska. Yes, lovely. How are her acting classes going? Great, great. She's doing very well. She's teamed up now to do something called Pandora's Box. Okay. Besides the acting, now she's incorporated for singers and musicians. Music. Oh. Yeah, to bring out their story through song. So, yeah, she's doing her thing. Oh, with your mother Mariska must be able to preparatory sing. Oh, theater. my gosh. Yes. In New York? Mm-hmm. In New York, but she travels around. Okay. And she coaches on sets. You know, she flies around. She's done some Tyler wow. Perry stuff. She's gotten some people who are on um, One Life to Live. I mean, soaps. Wow. And, yeah. She's doing Amazing. her thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, sis, can I get a gig? Right. <laughs> Give me a gig. <laughs> do you even have time for anything else? You yes. are. You do? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you going to make time? I have time. I, <laughs> I do. Don't look at me like that. Say I do. We send him There's blasts. always time We're to make money. Countries. There's always time to make money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for a long time, money made me. Ooh. Yeah, anyway, that's yeah, another, that's, that's a, a whole, whole other story. We're not going yeah. there. Hi, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Good, honey. Don't make that. Don't let that money make you go. Make that money. Right. There you go. All yeah, right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm having a blast. Good, good. This is what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. We're here in the underground playground with Cash Exchange. Yes. We're going to come right back at you. Please okay? do. I can't <laughs> wait to talk to you again. <laughs>
Hello. Supernatural, but it's so tragic cause you've gone and taken my heart with ya. Where you gone, I don't know. I've been searching high and low. Where are you now? gentlemen of the underground experience how you doing this is your host captain and dj uncle earl on the radio you know life is crazy fun whacked out silly and downright depressing sometimes but there's always a glimmer of hope there is always a seed of light and you must find it you must harness it you must hold on to it and share it i came across a project to a good friend of mine, Mr. Bob Mazza. He said, hey, you know, I want you to check this out, see if it's something that you'd love to, you know, talk about. I checked it out, and I said, by all means, it is a new film called Least Among Saints. And this subject is so topical and newsworthy because it deals with the human side of life. Um... I have an interview here with writer-director, actor, Martin Papazian. And this film, Least Among Saints, portrays the riveting and empathetic story of a vet whose path to redemption is found through his compassion and service toward a young boy. Least Among Saints has the virtue of a beautifully crafted, deeply personal, poignant, and intriguing story dealing with the thousands and thousands of combat veterans facing readjustment into civilian life and that is a mouthful you know I have not seen it yet but I'm looking forward to it but I have the man himself in the studio with me Mr. Martin Papazian how you doing I'm doing well thank you very much for that beautiful introduction (laughs) it's really great to be here with you you're welcome you're welcome I'm very excited about this I mean when Bob told me about it I was like, oh, I got to have him in. But let's, let's, I want the listeners to know who you are. Let's, let's go way back. Let's take <laughs> a few leaps back. Back All in right. the day. Let's do it. You're from, now, are you from the East Coast? No, I'm, You're I'm not. Uh, born and raised here in You're Los born Angeles. and raised here. I'm like the you, one you've heard about. The one. It seems like that <laughs> nowadays in the city. Yeah, but you have roots from the East, your family. Yeah, my father, um was born and raised in uh, in Boston. Mm-hmm. And, you uh, have kind of Boston when you say that. Yeah, you know? right. Uh, he <laughs> yeah, he brought twang. that East he Coast that. <laughs> flavor with him and, and, and has kept it over the years. And, and of course, all our cousins and family members uh, are still there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, we all, me and my brothers, I have three brothers, we all kind of emulate my father yeah. and look up to him. And I think it just rubbed off on us. <laughs> Do you go back often um, to visit? I lived in New York for about a year. Yeah, and 
And we do. We do go visit our family in Boston and Providence, Rhode Island. And I still have a lot of friends in New York. So mm -hmm. I really love it there. Yeah. So growing up, though, your father is in the industry as well. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, my father is a, a, a television and, and film producer mm -hmm. um, and was and is quite successful. Has, has yes. built a, a very large, prolific body of work. Yes. Um, over the years. Yes, he has. And were you traveling a lot because of that? Did you move around or were you stabilized at home and he went out and did his thing? And Yeah, we were here in L.A. You know, all our lives. Mm -hmm. um, and my father built his company. Um, he really uh, made a mark as an independent television producer yes. uh, in the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. um, did a lot of movies of, uh, of the week for television, mm -hmm. um, namely The Day After, uh, won an Emmy for Inherit the Wind, a mm -hmm. remake of that. Mm -hmm. um, then onward into many television series, Nash Bridges, um, he and his partner uh, James Hirsch, executive producer Rome. Mm -hmm. um, so they, they've, they, and he's a real bootstrapper, you know, yeah. he really came up through the business yeah. and worked his way up. Mm. And nice. uh, his yeah, and and uh, what I'm really proud of his work is that his the m the majority of the stories that he's done really center on the human spirit and and the plight of of human beings. And a lot of the movies of, of the week he did were on um, actual people. Karen Carpenter, mm. um, the list goes on. Mm -hmm. So that's why it rubbed off on you. You know, I <laughs> think yes and no because when I was a kid, I was uh -huh. just sort of skateboarding with my friends in yeah. LA and surfing and playing sports and what my dad did is what he did he was just my dad right um, I love that so <laughs> I, I I didn't you know and, and his, his movies would be on television um, but I think as an artist I think I just my point of view is my point of view is mm -hmm. birthed out of what any, any artist mm -hmm. is deriving his point of view from or his work from which is from within right so as a, as a child you really didn't have any inkling to be in this industry you just wanted to be a kid and play with your friends and pretty much um, my dad would put me and my brothers in some of his uh, like north and south we were extras uh -huh. and so it'd be like the three boys standing yeah. in the corner <laughs> just for you know for the family to right. point out okay. yeah um, <laughs> when I was about 15 um and I think they, my mom and dad, saw it in me that I had a talent as mm. an actor. Mm -hmm. So he invited me to come audition for a movie he did for television, and and uh, and I worked on a, on, a, on his picture, and I did good. Mm. I, I had no experience, and I, and I had a little part, and I did well. But I shelved that for a while, okay. and then uh, when I went to college, uh, he steered me over to the theater department. What'd you study? Um, I uh, studied acting I mean, and directing. What did you go? What did you start with? Did you uh, kind of liberal? And then no, you, no, you, no. You, you he you geared me towards oh, okay. that major, and we just through happenstance ran into a gentleman who kind of broke down the major. It was like, you don't have to take any foreign language. You don't have to take any math. <laughs> wow. and I have to go to dance class. There's going to be girls there. I was like, okay, fine, oh. let's go. <laughs> and uh, it seemed simple and it seemed fun. It seemed easy. That's right. and I think my father, my father did know. He's told me later in life that he kind of saw that path mm. for me. And um, and very quickly I did a play, right. and and I knew instantly in that moment uh, that this was what That's I was going to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. There was no there was no question. Right. Now between like television, film, and like live theater, what do you have a preference or you like it all? I like it all. Yeah, I mean yeah. my my roots are in the theater. I mm -hmm. came up um, in, in a traditional uh, repertory theater company. Did summer stock. Went to New York. Um, still in LA, I produce a lot of small independent theater. Um, I always stay on the boards. It's great. like my life's blood. Um, and television has been, been great to, you know, 
you know, build a resume and get experience, work with some great people. Mm -hmm. And I've also had the opportunity to work with some incredible directors in, in film. Sam Mendes, mm -hmm. director of American Beauty, Rogue yeah. Tradition. Uh, yeah. So that was your that was your big step out. Yeah. Jarhead. Yeah. yeah. Interestingly enough, um, in order to, to get that role, I didn't have any representation. So I wrote a monologue based on uh, Marine that I had met. Really? And then I... Um, taped that and cut it and submitted it to them and it earned an, a meeting and that earned the role in the, in the movie and interestingly enough that uh, audition piece that I created was the beginning of the character that was is the central character of Least Among Saints and so that was the beginning I think of my me as a filmmaker mm -hmm. just out of that determination to be an actor and, mm -hmm. and, and be, be a part of films that I really believed in Jarhead being one of them yeah um, that that desire and the challenge to get seen um, birthed uh, the writing and the filmmaking process. You hear that, people? Tenacity. <laughs> desperation. <laughs> ethic, desperation. I hear that. By any means. By <laughs> any means. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, um, Marty, I need to take a little break, but you're hanging in with me because we got a lot to dig into. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Mr. Martin Verpasian, and we'll be back with more right after this. Gray Eagle Tower, this is Freedom 2-3, declaring a low-fuel emergency. Re Here in studio with Mr. Martin Parpazian. Hey, hey. How you doing? We're back. <laughs> we are back. Yes, this guy is super talented and just just a good guy. And the energy in here is wonderful. I'm loving it. Um, he's been an he's an actor, is an actor, director, writer, producer. I mean, how old does hats fit on that little head? <laughs> He's got you forever it. feel like I'm getting nothing yeah. accomplished. Oh, man, <laughs> you, you, you have a list here that's incredible. I'm just going to ramble off a few. We mentioned that you, uh, you were in a part of Jarhead with Sam Mendes, and most recently you were opposite Charlize Theron. Yeah, and a, and a, a great little film called uh, The Burning Plane. Yeah. The writer and director of whom wrote uh, Babel, Amores Perros, so at 21 grams so it was a really yeah. terrific how exciting was that though amazing how she's, is she she's incredible I love her she's incredible I mean aside from the fact that she's unbelievably gorgeous yes. she's just super talented <laughs> easy on the eyes the yeah. work. <laughs> but um <laughs> But, you know, sometimes you're acting with her, mm -hmm. and the camera's on you, and you, I'm looking at her, and I'm just thinking, <laughs> she is so good. She's so talented. And that is not a good place to be in as an actor, you know? Yeah. And they say, cut, and you're like, oh, man, I got to get it. I got to get into my thing. Right, right. Right, that's wonderful. She and terrific. Yeah, and I see also you, you were on uh, The Island with Michael yeah. Bay. Yeah, I had very, you know, 
you blink, you miss me. But I had a good day on the set and uh, and worked with him. He's a very exciting. Hey, it all matters because you know relationship building is what you do, and it's networking and. You know, basically, what people understand is you don't have to work hard; you just have to work efficiently. Yeah, absolutely. And be a pleasant person to be around. If people like to be around you, you can work. Absolutely, you and have that kind of experience, be on a set that big, and mm-hmm. working with the, mm-hmm. you know, the finest technicians mm-hmm. and crew. And stay time. in your lane. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> don't try <laughs> to drive everybody's truck. <laughs> yeah. And um, now, television too. You have um, Twenty Four. You're reoccurring on Twenty Four. Yeah. Yeah. That show is amazing too. It really is, and interestingly enough, the, uh, the A camera operator on that show, Guy Skinner, mm-hmm. um, when when it came time for Least Among Saints, I picked up the phone and called him, okay. and he and he uh, agreed to be the director of photography wow. on our show. Nice. And yeah, he was a very integral part of the the look of that film, mm-hmm. Twenty Four, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and he's just an amazing director of photography. Mm-hmm. The look yeah. of our film is 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 really was really on his shoulders literally we did uh, 90% of the film handheld mm-hmm. even more than that well I'm, I'm, I'm telling you I'm, you know, I'm not like usually like a fanatic person but I'm, I'm really like excited that you're here because you, you're like on a lot of my favorite shows oh, right. Lie to Me Dexter yeah. CSI New York Monk Love Monk. How was it working on Monk? Uh, it was terrific. It was terrific. <laughs> I mean, it's the, the show itself. You have just, all the fun jobs. It's just so, it's such a cool show. It's so interesting, you know. Yes. Um, and, uh, Tony Shalhoub, Without a awesome. Trace. NCIS, the unit with David Mamet. Yeah, yeah, I was. He directed uh, not every episode, but a lot of episodes. So I was lucky enough to end up uh, on one of his episodes that he was directing. And and that, that's a real treat. As an incredible. Actor. So you come from the theater, and uh, you hear so much about him, and you've mm-hmm. read so many of his plays, and uh, and he's just really, really terrific with actors. That so was he, very exciting. So you must be pretty good, huh? Oh uh, <laughs> man, I work hard. <laughs> I work no, hard. but you know, but no, but I, I have much respect for you because I'm from New York and I come from theater. Yeah, theater actors are the best I'm sorry yeah (laughs) they are I'm biased but they are because if you have to put out a show six days a week eight times a week on point you know it's not cut paste and edit like Hollywood you you really gotta do the dig every day yeah and you really gotta love it too you gotta be in it and it's gotta be your life's blood uh huh yeah you got that blood now and so you've done all this acting and then you went into directing yeah so you directed this this short film In the Wind yeah tell us tell us a little bit about that In the Wind centers on a soldier that uh, returns from uh, our campaign in Iraq to Mm -hmm. Katrina ravaged New Orleans to the lower ninth ward of New Orleans Mm -hmm. and so while he's been away the hurricane has hit right has come and gone and he comes home to the house he grew up in and he encounters his little brother and so while he's been away serving our country the little brother has been wiling out Mm. and um they're back in their mother's home mom is gone they don't know where she is she's on a bus somewhere she was displaced like Mm -hmm. so many people were um and uh and it's the conflict between the two brothers who have both been at war You know, this younger brother being at war on his own soil. Mm. And through the conflict of the two brothers, the family conflict, um, there are greater echoes of Mm. what those two situations, the ramifications of those situations on our culture and on our country Mm -hmm. and on our time. Yeah, yeah. And you you wrote it? No, 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 no. You didn't write it? It was... um, uh, it was adapted from a play, okay. um, a very, very, very good short play that a friend of mine wrote, Sam Riley. Okay. And it was a beautiful piece. And, and uh, I produced the play here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And then when I was, I was looking for a piece to explore um, with the camera as a filmmaker, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought it was a really, really beautiful That must be piece. exciting to adapt something to another medium. It, it was, you know. and we stayed pretty true to the play because 
we didn't really need to do much to mm-hmm. it other than some edits and to, to get it tight. Um, I went to New Orleans, did a lower ninth ward, and I, I spent about a week there doing service work so mm-hmm. I could get a feel of it and a mm-hmm. sense of it. Then we came back and we rebuilt the inside of this house that had been destroyed wow. um, and then shot. And we did well. We won Best Picture at the New Orleans Yay! Big Easy Film Festival. Yay! Yeah, yes. <laughs> And at Vail. And it did really, really nice. well. And it's an important film uh, because uh, in terms of its subject matter. Mm. And uh, the lower ninth ward is... You know, was never you know built back up. It's just sitting there, and you d- you don't feel like you're in America when you're there. Mm. It feels like a third world country. I see. And let me let me ask you. You seem to have a theme, you know, with the military. Do you have a special bond to the military, or I mean, uh, what does that it, play in your life? You know? I just know that um, in my time, in our our time, you know, mm-hmm. when um, our country went off to war, uh, that had a big effect on me. Mm. You know, um, and then seeing, and I, and I was meeting a lot of guys that were coming back. See, as an actor, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of these military roles, and I'm being trained by guys that are mm-hmm. coming back from, from war. Mm-hmm. They're getting jobs in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Well, one such guy I met, uh, this guy Anthony, and we became friends, and I, and I, and I kind of felt that I had something to, to deliver as a filmmaker mm-hmm. in terms of what these men and women were experiencing. So... I don't know. I mean, I think the playwright of In the Wind felt the same thing. He felt like he had to express something mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. his frustration, his anger, his yeah. hurt about what had happened. And and I guess I did too. I, I, and um, and so I don't think it was a conscious thing um, other than that just that's where what was happening in our time and, mm-hmm. and that was something that I wanted to express. Or well, it's great, it's great what work. you're doing because I know a lot of times they feel like their voices are not heard or not listened to. Yeah, and I, and I, and I was so sort of disgusted with the, the politics and the talk on the television just back and forth and I was like, wait a minute, there are men and women you know, mm-hmm. on the ground. They are us. And they're doing it. They're they doing are, the dirty work. The yeah, work, they're in combat know? and, yeah, they're, and they're the result of these conversations and mm-hmm. these ideas and and uh, and they got to come home with the ramifications of that. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. We get to uh, talk about it, but they had to do it. So my my interest as a filmmaker was I wanted to get very very centered and focused on the human ramifications of when you send a man or a woman to combat mm-hmm. and what that means. Because mm-hmm. you know they come home and there's all this in the aftermath. Yeah, yeah. Like... So it's like think well before you send them. Yeah. Because they're trained to do what we what they're trained to mm-hmm. do, and they're going to go do it, and they're going to do it well. Mm-hmm. But it, it, think well, yeah. you know. Yeah. Wow. Woo. I think we need to take a little of a break. Uh. <laughs> Stand up, stretch your legs, because yeah. you get ready to get a little deep in a minute. Oh, it's nice. I'm loving it, man. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. You are in for more, more, more with Mr. Martin Papazian and Uncle Earl. Thanks. Right here on the Underground Experience. Please come back. All right. Another great place to use Visa. They save it on the chance.
Hey, we're back with the, uh, <laughs> I need to take two. <laughs> hey, we're back at the Underground Experience with Uncle Earl. This is Martin Papazian, writer, director, actor of Least Among Saints. Take it away, sir. Take it away. Take it away. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but this is, this is what's great about this. This is real life, and this is what's happening, and I want people to feel like this. they're in the room with us. You know, right they're on. just sitting in here. You know, we're just having a little chit-chat. Yeah, no, it's cool, man. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. yeah. So... I want to talk about the reason why we're really here. I mean, we're here for you. I'm here for you. Right. Thank on. you for being here for me. Thanks for having me. And um, we want to talk about your story because it's very poignant and very apropos, especially in the times we're living in right now because mm-hmm. it's very prevalent to the situation of humanity and the world on a global scale. This story, Least Among Saints, I mean, and the twist with the 10-year-old. So first of all, how did you come to write this story you said it was was it inspired by yeah it was inspired by yeah. um a, a specific combat veteran that i'd met okay um is this and, anthony yeah okay and then um when i was younger um i uh a buddy of mine lived next door to uh this woman and her kid mm-hmm. and this woman uh was not doing so well she was mm-hmm. struggling with addiction and, and a number of other things mm-hmm. and we all kind of knew that and mm-hmm. this little kid um you know, we'd be out skateboarding and whatnot, and and he would we'd see him and we'd invite him over, and we he became like a little mascot to us. <laughs> so he was cool, and his mom would uh, kind of disappear and not be around, and mm. we'd see him in the window, and we'd invite him out, and we'd right. take him with us, skating, swimming, whatever we were doing. And anyway, I had this desire, you know, because you could see where his life was going to mm-hmm. adopt him. I went to my mom and I said, "Mom, can't we?" She said, "No, oh. you, you can't <laughs> adopt this child." Um, How old were you at the time? I was like. 15 and you wanted a a child but there was a genuine i think we all had that genuine sense of Mm -hmm. uh he needed somebody Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. anyway um cut to 20 years later you know and i'm writing and somewhere along the line i thought about this kid and i thought about these guys i was meeting Mm -hmm. and i put them together in a tale because something that was interesting to me about the combat veteran is on one hand they are trained and they are able to do some really serious things oh, in yeah. terms of combat and mm-hmm. violence. And on the other hand, they're coming home and they're, and they're raising children mm-hmm. and they're doing things that feel like because of the nature of the warrior, the, the kind of, uh, there's a certain kind of integrity and dignity mm-hmm. that's developed in them and they're able to do certain things yes. that I think most of us uh, may or may not be able to do. Mm-hmm. Only take for granted. Right, and so yeah. I put this kind of man in a situation where um, he would have a new mission mm-hmm. with this kid when this kid's mom in the story the kid's mom dies and mm-hmm. takes over sort of uh, being the kid's father so mm-hmm. to speak for, for a small amount of time and hence begins both of their uh, healing mm-hmm. and both of their path to redemption wow. through their relationship nice nice 
Now, how was the process of writing? How long did it take for the process, you know, from start to finish of just writing? Yeah, I mean, it, the first draft. A lot uh, of interviews with people. Yeah, and, later on, okay. the first draft I got out pretty quickly, mm -hmm. uh, within three to six months. Mm -hmm. And then over the course of about two years, really refining and developing the draft, um, meeting social workers. There's a there's a social worker in the, in the film, one of the central characters played by Laura Sanjo Camo, mm -hmm. um, and she does an amazing job in this film. And, mm -hmm. You know, people know her from, from Pretty Woman. Mm -hmm. or just shoot me or mm -hmm. she's phenomenal in this um, anyway and uh, so I would meet with a lot of social workers and, and really got a pulse I continued to do research on with, with combat veterans I employed uh, 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 not employed employed a, a good friend of mine um, who I grew up with who uh, was an army ranger and, and served multiple deployments and, and he became very involved in the production and uh, almost had the experience not almost he did have the experience of the character really on the set with us, working with me, working with the mm. boy, going through, following the character's journey, like he had a real cathartic experience, mm. and it was really wow. beautiful to watch that happen on the set. Wow. So over the course of a couple of years, and then and then as we became nearer and nearer to production, um, getting notes from producers mm -hmm. and, and read-throughs and refining it. So the initial draft was quick, but then the subsequent drafts, you know, it could be time-consuming. Yeah, yeah. I want to go back to this this absolutely stellar cast you have. Like mm -hmm. you mentioned, Laura Sanjicomo. Yes. From Just Shoot Me and among other things. Um, you also have Charles Dutton. Yeah. Man. Mega. He's amazing. <laughs> He's amazing. I mean, He's you know, you man. grow up on these films, you see him in Rudy and things like yes. this and Alien and... And you're just like, man, this guy is just, he just emulates such power and mm -hmm. such dignity. And, uh, and, uh, and we were just really lucky to get him. And mm -hmm. he was all heart and he was just really beautiful. And he's a well-rounded guy too, theater, Absolutely. film, television Tony, guy. Tony, yeah. Emmy, uh, yeah. Golden Globe winner. Mm -hmm. And A.J. Cook. Yeah, she was amazing. She plays the mother of the boy. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's a real edgy role and a real dangerous role. And mm -hmm. uh, and uh, So it was a little stretch for her. It, absolutely. Yeah. And she just jumped to it like wild. I know. That's an actor's dream, though, to get it, challenged like right, that. Right, right, right. Yeah. And she's terrific on her series. Um, but uh, she was very exciting to work with. Mm -hmm. She was very unpredictable and uh, and really a live wire. So mm -hmm. very exciting to work with her. Yeah, and you have Miss Audrey Anderson. Yeah, from the unit. Yeah. yeah. And, I, <laughs> and I, I worked with her very briefly uh, on the unit. And so had uh, had known her just a little bit. And mm -hmm. uh, so I was really happy that she responded to the writing and came aboard. And, and um, she, she portrays the ex-wife of Anthony, who, the character of Anthony, who's trying to kind of win her back. Mm -hmm. and she was so beautiful and just yeah. brought so much depth and presence to to the role she was amazing it's it's wonderful and i'm sorry i must because i like this guy tristan lebeau yeah i'm sorry i forgot to mention him he's our star man. i know i was like he's our star. Yeah. the kid is amazing the kid yeah. is amazing you know he has qualities as an actor at such a young age mm. that are just just amazing and um and i think he's going to be a very very uh, a big, big, big star. Another force to be reckoned with. Absolutely. Eh? We need. Um, we need. We're losing a few. Yeah, and in many ways, it's his movie. <sighs> it's know. his his story. You That's know, the great. character of Wade. Um, that. Honesty. Well, I thank you for spending this time with me. This is great. Thanks very much for having yeah, me. It's I been a real like, pleasure. I feel like I got a new brother. Yeah, right. You know, in the house. Hell but um, yeah. could you please tell everyone where they can find you? Um, you know, information about you. I mean, you have to give me your address. No, you know? no, no. Our. Um, <laughs> We can be found on Facebook, Least Among Saints. Um, our website, leastamongsaints.com. 
um, my personal website, martinpapazian.com. So like that. And, and on our website and on our Facebook page, you find all the information about when we're going to be releasing the film and, uh, and how to see it. Okay. Sounds like a plan to me, Dan. All right, man. Cool. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a wonderful, wonderful, uh, in-depth, down and personal interview with Mr. Martin Papazian. Please go out and see this film, Least Among Saints. Check it out. Go to the website. Uncle Earl will have it on his website. When I find out, you will know, too. So um, just hang in there. There'll be more right after this break, okay? Talk to you later. Ciao.